All right. Hello, world. If you've listened to that, you said, what's the deal with that intro music? <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you can tell by the title, we're doing something a little special. Uh, for the next few episodes, it's going to be a little bit of a treat for you, a special crossover series between right. the Not Your Father's Movies podcast and, uh, obviously, My Movie Fix podcast. Uh, we're going to be covering Richard Linklater's Before series. Yep. Uh, I am your host, sir. I love talking about movies. This is a place where I get my fix. You can follow my pod on whatever streaming service you're listening to, as well as YouTube. And follow me on Twitter at MyMovieFixPod. Uh, today's episode, of course, the first in the series, is going to be Before Sunrise. And my guest to help me get my fix is none other than the pod father himself, Jesse, and his wife, Liz. All right, you guys Yay. want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Jesse. I am one of three hosts of Not Your Father's Movies. Um, I am the first of the trio who's coming on next week. I think you're going to find Vito on here. And the week after that, I think Mike is going to make his uh, rear his ugly head onto his pod, <laughs> um, but he'll be here as well. Um, and then uh, we've also invited my wife, Liz. Hello. Because um, I, we both really won't like this and like this movie. and want to talk about it. And Spoiler uh, yeah, well, yeah, spoil, spoiler, we kind of like the movie. Speak I mean, for yourself. We'll get into that. Oh, boy. Uh, and we also thought uh, maybe with all these guys talking about this uh, this romantic movie, maybe maybe we needed like uh, an opinion from a woman. That's right. I'm just here for the ride. Yep. Don't have a podcast of my own, but happy to be here. <laughs> and since we're doing a special crossover episode our topics will cross over as well uh normally i start with recommendations of new movies but since we're doing this romantic series before series we figured we would do romance movies or rom-com movies love story movies um so we recommend some one of those to discuss and then we're going to move on to nostalgia talk about our nostalgia with this movie how we feel how you know our, our nostalgic thoughts for this movie and then we're going to discuss whether this is something we're going to show our kids you know is this some, is this the type of movie we'll show to our kids then we'll go on to our full review uh then the spoiler section of the full review and back to the not your father's movie section we got to ask ourselves is this a dad movie that's so, right yeah, and obviously with our final, as uh, going to be our send off, our doggy bag, our parting gift, uh, we recommend something to you completely non movie related that brought us joy during the week, and we think might bring you some joy as well. So, without further ado, let's get into it. You know, you guys are our guests. Either one of you, what's a uh, a romance movie, rom com, something in the romantic sphere that you guys saw and love and want to talk about? Well, I guess I'll open it up. And I'm going to cheat quite a bit because it's not really a romantic movie. But going to open with a cheat. Got it. That's right. Open with a cheat. It's a uh, it's a documentary about this couple, uh, this married couple, and uh, they were like living, I think, in like Santa Barbara, uh, California, and they just randomly wanted to wanted a farm, and they didn't they knew nothing about it, so they bought this piece of land, and together they built up the, like this dry, like arid farmland that had been broken down for years. And, and they build it up to something kind of incredible to look at. And as you're watching the doc, you, you genuinely think they're going to fail. <laughs> so uh, it's just really awesome to see like over, like I think uh, eight years time, something like that. You can see like this arid land be like plowed with like orchards and grass and ducks and, and mm. pigs and sheep and, 
No, they don't have sheep. And chickens. They definitely have sheep. They have sheep? Yes. I don't it's a farm sheep. without sheep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy seeing, like, uh, maybe it's because, like, you know, we're married now. So we've gone through the, you know, the whole dating thing. So it's cool to see people who are already married just, like, succeed at something and uh, do way more than they than you know that they would have, like, done on their own. I think that's really cool. And they it's, have a baby at the end of it. Spoilers. <laughs> I, oh, I guess. It's a documentary. But... <laughs> so yeah. what is the name of this fantastic documentary? Crap. Did I not even say the name? Uh, <laughs> it's, called, it's called uh, The Biggest Little Farm. The Biggest Little Farm. Uh, yeah, the biggest farm. little farm. Um, you can find it on Hulu, or you can rent it on Amazon Prime. Maybe yeah, the biggest little farm. It's a good is, one. Is the they, they farm the in harmony with nature. Yeah, it like, it's because I will spend hours on Netflix watching basically the first half of that, or maybe the second half, where people uh, think it's um, impossible builds, or mm-hmm. um, then there's the British show. Uh, forgot the name of it but there's a british show where basically people want to build you know huge houses in the middle of nowhere or they want to take over a castle and turn it into a house and they've got a budget of you know six million pounds or whatever and the whole show is is it going to work are they going to run out of money is it going to end up terrible what's it going to look like so i can i've spent hours watching those type of shows so this sounds like that in documentary form with you know some some actual real life drama thrown in so it sounds dope yeah, yeah. That is the time. biggest little farm on Hulu. So yeah, check that out. What about you, Liz? What you got for us? Well, um, I'm not a big romantic movie person. So the most recent one I watched was about six months ago. Um, mm. But we watched About Time. And um, I think it's probably my favorite romantic movie of all time. Um, mm. And I really like it because it kind of tackles like the concept of time and... Um, kind of just how your life plays out and what you can take back and what you cannot. Um, and just so many, it just kind of like weaves together so many different themes about both romantic love and familial love and children, uh, all into this beautiful two hour long movie. Um, and I'm also a huge fan of Rachel McAdams and I think she's wonderful in that movie. Um, so I mean, if I had to recommend only one romantic movie, it would be that one. Fantastic, yeah. Would you say? Would you say it's about time to recommend it? <laughs> no. To recommend it, and also what? It, what you said the movie was about time. You stepped on his dad was, joke. Yeah. He was trying to make a dad joke. And you stepped. <laughs> it was, it, it's all right. It's all right. Some dad jokes you know, deserve I've to be stepped on, and that's I've one heard of them. so many of them at this point. They just like <laughs> go right over my head. Like my brain has just learned to filter them out. Which so. means I just make more. Yeah. Between hold on, between Time Traveler's Wife and the Notebook, which 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 is the best Rachel McAdams movie? I did love the Notebook, <laughs> <laughs> but I also haven't seen it since I was like eighteen. So there's uh, that the that one part the um um it, it wasn't over it still isn't over that's that's the best thirty seconds of any romantic movie I don't know about the whole movie itself but that thirty seconds is. Magic. It's pretty beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liz is tearing up over here. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> All right. So my movie choice. Is, I'm, I'm I'm a big romance guy, so I I, I can just pull these from my back pocket and no, no problem. <laughs> but um, mine is Serendipity. As not is that give enough get enough love. It's one of my favorites. John Cusack, 
19... Uh, oh, 2001. Wow, actually later than I thought. Yeah, 2001 movie. Basically, the plot is about um, the two meet, uh, kind of touch hands over the same pair of gloves mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie for their Christmas shopping. They each take one pair, and then, uh, you know, the movie's about... Uh, so they're, they're, I'm completely butchering this, but basically they they each go, she, she believes that if two people are meant to be together, they'll be together. So they go to two separate ends of the hallway. They both go into the elevator, they pick a button. And if they come out at the same one, they're meant to be, things happen to where they don't come out the same uh, place, but the movie's about them eventually getting back together or do they, you know, I don't want to give it away, but it's a, they do, but yes, yeah, so <laughs> I love it. I, I was just. I don't know. I like, I like, I miss that era of movie, you know, John Cusack leading man. And yeah, just, I, li- I just like those. I don't know. It, it really works for me. Uh, uh, it's probably one of my top three favorite rom-com romantic movies. And I'm sure we'll discuss, well, I'll discuss the other two of the course of the series talking about romance movies, but yeah, if you haven't seen Serendipity in a long time, check it out. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it and I haven't thought about it in 20 years. Uh, like I remember when the movie was like coming out. Oh, I remember I that. <laughs> I say it's, it's 2021. It came out 20 years ago. So you thought about it opening day and never since. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's when all the trailers were out. Ever so since yeah, you were 10 years old. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was like a talk of my household or whatever. I think. I yeah, yeah. I remember really liking that movie. I'm glad you reminded me of it. I haven't yeah. seen it in so long, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's one. I'll probably watch it. I don't know once a year or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, probably get it, give it a watch. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's what this section's for. Okay, all right. So moving on to the actual movie we're here to discuss today. Before we actually really, really get into it, uh, before sunrise, let's just talk about in general your nostalgia for this movie. Is there, what is it evoking you? You know, what, how do you, what, what does this movie do to your your brain and your tinglys when you think about it? Oh. Uh, this movie does does a lot of a lot of things. I think I I first saw this movie like about ten years ago. Yeah, it was about ten years ago. Um, so yeah, I I still hadn't seen. I, I watched it in college. Um, and uh, it was it was a weird experience. Um, you know, I you know in college that's when I started branching out with my movie taste. That's when I saw things that weren't just blockbusters <laughs> for the first time ever. And this was just, uh, I, yeah, I hadn't seen anything quite like this where it was just like a, a very intense, like character study all the way through. And then I, I had such strong feelings about, about both of these characters. Um, mm. and like, particularly, uh, like the, the characters are Jesse and, and Sleen. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I really liked Celine and I hated Jesse. <laughs> hated him. Um, I, I, I just thought he was an absolute douchebag. But his like his character is still super interesting, and I love to like know more about him uh, throughout that movie. And just their connection and the the their chemistry is amazing and super engaging throughout. Like you wouldn't think a movie just about two people talking after they randomly meet is engaging. But yeah, I was I was hooked. And then immediately watch the, then the next one, and then the the third one a few years later. Uh, yeah, so now I'm hooked on the whole series. Indeed, yeah. Liz. So um, I think we actually watched this movie together when we watched it for the first time. Oh, we um, did, yeah. Which is crazy, and um, yeah, we weren't together at the time. No, um, I think 
that I, it confirmed everything that I believed then about love and relationships. And so I was just like, yes, I, I get Jesse. I don't like Celine. I love Jesse. Whoa. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not, not me. Correct. Right, Jesse thank you. in the movie. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Neither Jesse really does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just felt like he was the embodiment of everything that I thought at that time. And so I think that I didn't see what I, well, without getting too into it, I didn't see his flaws because I was just like, yeah, he gets it. He gets me. I'm with him all the way. (laughs) Celine is just, she's great, but that's just not where I am. Um, And so I did like the movie because it just, you know, I love how it pulls you in from the very beginning. And um, I just love the really, really gradual progress in that movie. that they kind of tease out uh, with their relationship. So I did like it, but then it also kind of devastated me. So it was a very, I still remember that, that just that feeling. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. very nostalgic feeling. of. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see it. We'll, we'll get to this. Yeah, point yeah, we'll get to that yeah. a bit. Um, so far as myself, um, nostalgia as just this movie it's it's hard for me to separate it from the other two. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, we're, during during this whole discussion, we'll try to say, I mean, we're going to acknowledge the other two movies who exist. We want to avoid getting too deep into the other two. Um, so I don't want to say too much, but they're all tied together in my in my memory when I think about this. I remember mm-hmm. when I think about loving it. I love these movies, not necessarily yeah. this movie. You know, um, mm-hmm. the first time I saw, I think. I saw this, um, I can't even say when, probably 2005, when did it before Sunset come? I think, I think it was before, right before, before Sun- Midnight came out. Sunset came out 2004 and then Midnight yeah. came out 2013. Yeah. So I think I probably saw this somewhere 2012-ish or right 2013 before, before Midnight. Because uh, I remember hearing people excited for before midnight because they said the first two were great and blah 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 blah. so it made me want to go you know let me let me see what the hype is about you know before i'm I'm, I'm a completionist you know so i watched this movie and i didn't really care for it you know it's i just thought it was you know kind of what you're talking about two people talking a whole lot of nothing movie you know Mm -hmm. back when i first saw it and then i saw the second one and (laughs) kind of clicked (laughs) Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the second one. Oh, I, I'm waiting for Vito's conversation next week. But that so the very end of that movie just it did things to me, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so um, but yeah, so and then the third one saw that as well, and it just kind of you know so they're all kind of locked together in a I love that series. I love I love that six hours of movie watching. You yeah. Know? So mm-hmm. this movie specifically just kind of. It, it kind of faded and became a part of the three. So I didn't have a whole lot of specific, um, you know, nostalgia for this movie particularly. And, but rewatching it, I really, I'm really glad I did, you know, because this mm-hmm. is one of the things I, I own the box set for, I think for Christmas, uh, maybe like four years ago or something. The only thing I wanted on my Christmas list was the four trilogy box set, you know. So I own the, the I think the Criterion collections. I don't know if it's a steel book. But it was, it was, 
it was like 56 bucks for the three movies together. It's still unopened. It's, uh, you know, it's completely wrapped, but I just wanted to own it. <laughs> you know? I love yeah. that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad I watched it because it really made me appreciate what this movie was. So I'm just, it makes me surprised that he got the green light to make another one 10 years later. And because I just, I don't know. <laughs> box office wise like who who saw this movie loved it and said i need another one you know it's just it's so hard to separate this from the other two in my mind but yeah so yeah i have no I idea how that happened yeah. that story sounds fascinating though i want yeah. to know how both these movies came about yeah you should crack, you should crack open the criterion collection and find out i'm on looking at looking <laughs> now budget of 2.5 million made 5.5 billion you know obviously these are 1994 dollars so it means a little bit more but at the same time not a you know, not a huge hit, you know, but so, yeah, I don't know, very interesting. But yeah, so I guess we'll kind of, well, I'll kind of dig deeper into that the further we go into the series. But uh, um, quick, so Liz and I both said, like, op- complete opposite opinions. I hated Jesse and like Celine. She really liked Jesse and hated Celine. So do you do you remember how you felt about the characters for the first one? No, I think it was honestly, it was just bland to me i mean at at the time i watched it i don't think i was in a place emotionally to care about this type of movie you know obviously me being i'm 33 now so it means i can look at it from a different place and like i said we'll get to that in a bit when we get into the review but i at the time i watched it it was just you know just a movie you know so neither neither character particularly landed pretty heavy on on me and even now after my rewatch i don't necessarily see myself in either one of them i see i see myself as an older person looking at two younger people and i would kind of look at it through that yes yeah, yeah mm. so. but yeah so before i actually get to the full review let's um little mini mini spoiler mini overall thoughts kind of summed up into a sentence is this the type of movie you want to show to your kids you know i don't now yeah. um you share the kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> we do. Yeah. So it's okay. We can... tend to have different opinions about this Indeed. at times. So. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. Well, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I don't, I don't think I'll ever be like, Hey kids, let's watch before sunrise together. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that's ever going to be a thing that we're going to do. I might, this is something where like when they go to college, I don't know, maybe I associate it with college age kids because I, mm. I was, in college when I watched it, but I could be like, you know, what's a good series that you should watch sometime far away from me? It's <laughs> the before series. <laughs> uh, so that's that's how I feel about it. Like for whatever reason, this just it it feels uncomfortable to watch. Like not not because it's a rom com. I would have like no problem watching about time with them or something. But like this just feels too intense. Is it because you would never want our daughter getting off? A train with a total stranger. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, Liz, what about yeah. you? Yeah, definitely not. Nope. Oh, wow. I would not, in good conscience, show this movie to my children. Um, at least as, like, my kids who are under 18. I guess I could maybe see myself saying, this is a movie that I really liked. Um, and I think it has a lot to say about relationships but the themes are very mature and um, I think can really throw you off a good path about your view of relationships if you take them too seriously. And so for that reason, I don't think I could um, recommend it to my kids. Although I, huh. yeah, 
personally. Yeah. Love the movies. Yeah, I, I agree with the conclusion. Maybe not the why. Like, when I want to show my kids something, I think they should be primarily fun or historic landmarks in film. Uh, and this just feels really intense. Like, I feel like psychoanalyzing them at the end. Um, which is why I find the movie so interesting. And that doesn't sound great to do with my kids around. I don't know. <laughs> like that just sounds like super intense and I don't want that experience with them. I just, if I'm going to watch a movie with them, I think it should be more fun. That's interesting. interesting. Don't yeah. know if I agree with that, but I digress. <laughs> me either. We'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So for me, I am a hard yes. I am I, a very <laughs> firm yes. Um, okay. But but again, it's more to me, it's the series. Again, so I, can't, I know I keep yeah. cheating. It's so hard for me to, you know, talk about this movie in a vacuum because it mm-hmm. is, it may not have been this in 1994, but right now it is part one of a three-part series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to speak about it in a vacuum, but this series in general, it just... It embodies so much. I don't know. Uh, I hate. To, I always use this phrase. It, it's, it's capital I important to me. Mm. You know, it's, mm. it's something that I learn about myself watching these these movies. I learn. I, I look at my life differently. I can see, like I said, at looking watching this at thirty three, I can see things in them that I may have looked at differently when I was younger. So it, it does actually made me uh, just hearing you speak, Liz, maybe question myself just a, just a bit because your kids are just a little bit older than mine. My oldest is two. So it's like when I when I talk about things I want to show to my kids, it's more of a hypothetical. You know, it's more of a, um, you know, it just. Yeah. The, the, he's he's not old enough to really appreciate a movie, you know, and, I, and I'm mm-hmm. still, you know, they're still young enough where I'm thinking about kids in the in the abstract, you know. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, once I get older, it's like, yeah, I may be. If I show you the wrong thing at the wrong time, I'm shaping your mind. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it is true. Yes. Yeah, that could, that could be a huge mistake. It's like I, I could be I could be showing you this because oh look at the 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 life changes. Look at the lessons they learned, and you're just watching this think, oh man, I gotta I gotta get off that train. I gotta fall in love. So it's like you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to teach these kids the wrong lesson at the wrong time. But like I said, I do think you know, kind of I guess kind of a mix of what you're saying. Maybe when my kids are in the later teen years or even older, even, you know, maybe they're in their early twenties out of my house, but this is something that I kind of, it's not too late for me to share with them. I want to, I want to watch this with my kids in between the age where they're old enough to date and before they settle down and have kids themselves in that little gap. I feel like we need to watch all three of these just to, you know, get that little imprint of kind of bigger picture the bigger picture about what relationships are about. And, you know, this first movie is just, it, it teaches you, I don't know. We'll get into it later, but yeah, I think, yeah. I think just watching these together is, a, I think it's important maybe developmentally or just, I think it, it gives, it'll help shape. It's, it helps shape my mind. So I kind of feel like I want to pass that down, but again, I feel like I got to catch them in the right age gap to where yeah. they can appreciate all these together. Yeah. Well, I think you're describing a completely valid desire though. Right. Like I've heard older parents say that like the younger years don't really compare to like the young adult and adult years of their children, because Mm. at that age is when they really do get to share 
like what's the most important to them and mm. you're more like on equal levels and you could look at things together. Um, and so I think that your instinct is completely um, understandable and um, relatable that that would be like the ideal age to start talking about this with your children and kind of share it together rather than here is something that I want you to understand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is, there are some movies I want to watch because they're fun and I liked them. And then, you know, just to me, like movies mean things, you know, they like the, the writer doesn't write just, you know, action. And a lot of times movies have, or capital M movies, they, you know, they're, they're a bit more. They mean more. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, not, not even that, you know, just, you know, yeah. they're yeah. important to watch because they can have an impact on you. So I just, I want to be at the yeah. right age to have an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, the right age thing is, is really important. I'm also, I'm also scared when my kids are the right age and they like, like, I'm sorry. I would be kind of sad if our children started being like, I really understand Jesse's point of view here at this movie. That's the danger is that I think there are multiple conclusions you can come to yeah. from this movie. Which we can get into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about, we've talked, you know, up to it. I think it's time. Let's, let's dig in deep. So this point four, we're going to get into the full review of Before Sunrise. All right, I have an admittedly insane idea, but if I don't ask you this, it's just going to haunt me the rest of my life. I have no idea what your situation is, but I feel like we have some kind of uh, connection, right? Yeah, me too. Great. So listen, here's the deal. This is what we should do. You should get off the train with me here in Vienna and come check out the town. We just got into Vienna today, and we're looking for something fun to do. Is pregnancy English? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because uh, we speak German for a change. Now I'm going to call my best friend in Paris, who I'm supposed to have lunch with him. All right, that was from the trailer for Before Sunrise. So um, just like I said, we're going to split this up into non-spoiler and spoiler section, but just basic premise-wise, this movie is a um, 12-hour window into the lives of two people. They meet on the train. He convinces her. You know, they they have a real connection on the train. It's his stop to get off the train because he's going to the airport. He says, hey, I know know this is crazy. I want you to come with me. Let's walk around for the night and just, let's just do that. And for whatever reason, he convinced her. She said yes. And this movie is the story of how that night went. So, Jeb, before we get into it, um, I know we've pretty much given our overall thoughts, but, you know, do you recommend this movie? Is this, what are your overall thoughts? Do you like this movie? How do you feel about it in general? Um... I think that one of one of my favorite things about this movie is it manages in a very short amount of time to at least brush over all the topics that are pretty crucial in a relationship. Um, they're topics that especially young people wonder about, ought to be wondering about. They're questions that come up um, in relationships. And I almost feel like it's a commentary on what a real, what the beginning of a relationship is. And maybe it tries to get to the heart of the questions that people ask and are really important to them um, as they try to decide, should we build a life together? Should we be together? Is this worth the risk? Um, And I think it really succinctly gets at that and kind of gets to the, to the heart of like the human spirit and like what we're all yearning for 
Um, and so for that reason, I think it, it does that in a really beautiful way. And it does it in a way that's really unique, I think, in just a basic conversation between two people. It's very unassuming because of that. Um, and so for that reason, I just think, um, I guess so thematically and um, I guess just like the way that it's done uh, for those two reasons in particular, I really admire um, the way that they did this movie and I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I'll echo a lot of what you just said. It's, I think this movie is like exceptionally made and uh, I'm not even sure if it's exceptionally acted. The, the dialogue is so good though. Um, I think it's, Sorry, sorry, go on. I, th I think they're good. I think they're good actors. Uh, and I think, like, I, I don't think I've ever watched a movie where the actors and the lines seem to be so in sync. Um, it's, man, it just seems like the movie is made for these two people. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, to the point where I can't even tell if it's acting anymore. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know what that is. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, uh, it, it's electrifying. Like, I feel like I'm... When I watch this movie, I feel like I'm walking around um, a city. It, like, like you know, yeah, we yeah. walked around at midnight in in places in like cities and towns and in places. I don't know, like San Francisco or like Santa Barbara, and like this movie takes me back to that, uh, mm -hmm. and it ma it makes me feel all those things, like really, truly getting like to know a person, um, and. I've never had a movie be, been able to do that before um, to, to this extent. And I think their conversations are interesting to me. Like, I think they are talking about important things. They're talking about, yeah, you know, uh, it ranges from love and life and parents and all, all sorts of things. Um, where you but, go after you die. <laughs> like, they, they talk <laughs> the about things questions. that we all think about, um, which is why they're probably out probably why they're walking around together but like yeah i'm entertained all the way through and i think and i just love i love to think about these characters and think about all the things they're saying and how uh they kind of reference that throughout the movie um like they'll they'll reference small things that they're saying and you can see the small things grow into like deeper parts of their personality and realize that wasn't just like a passing comment mm -hmm. uh yeah this dialogue is exquisitely written um yeah i i yeah. love it yeah go see it if you haven't <laughs> yeah, and now you know it's gonna be three yeses as well for me because I, I, I think um, over the course of the last you know ten minutes, I think I, I think I've been a little bit too negative. I think I've been comparing, you know, saying you know, it, as a whole these need to be watched, but not necessarily this one. But just, especially just with this last rewatch, standing alone, this is this is an excellent just movie. You know, um, I think kind of what you were talking about, Liz. The the writing is the the story that is telling. It's just so. It's it's so unique. I hate. Well, I hate when I say so unique because unique means one of a kind. So it's it's unique. It's you can't tell this story. At you know, kids in high school together, even kids that go, go to two separate schools. It has to be written as it is with people that are in two completely separate different countries, pre text messages and iPhones and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. because it just it really is boiling. The the fact that you know. Life is, you know, finite or whatever, you know, just the, the fact that, you know, in the morning, we're not going to see each other anymore. And it's, it kind of, that gives you permission to shut off layers of, you know, things I want to hide or things, you know, 
it's just the the writing is really good. This the story couldn't really have been told any other way in because in any other movie there's tomorrow. Well, I won't say in any, but it's it's hard to write the type of movie where there isn't tomorrow. There isn't, you know, we have this amazing day. Now, you know, we see each other at school the next day, or you yeah. know, it's like we, I text you, and now we have to follow up on that. So it's just it, it kind of leaves off in a place where you know you're 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 leaving the same place the characters are. Yeah, you know, because in 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 a modern movie, you know, in real life, they can text each other. You're, there, there is the aspect of wondering what happens, but you kind of know, you know, well, when I'm not there, they're going to be texting each other, calling, they're going to see each other. I wonder how that relationship's going to end. But in this movie, you know, just kind of give with the ending, they uh, he he does go back to America and she goes to Paris. So it's like they they themselves don't know what's going to happen in the future. They can't talk to the other person and you as a viewer are in that same kind of, you know, what's you're, you're left with that same emptiness that they kind of feel. So yeah, definitely recommend this movie. Definitely. Um, really enjoy it. Um, so now let's, let's kind of, there's, there's actually a lot we can kind of get into even before we get to spoilers. So mm-hmm. um, I think, I think it will be a fun place to start just actually starting with the beginning, you know, um, he, so the beginning of the movie, um, they have a good little connection, but, you know, connection you can have with somebody in the course of, I don't know, it was 30, 45 minutes, an hour max while they're on the train before they got to the yeah. next stop. And he's getting off the train and he just, he has that moment where it's like, you know, I got to do it. I got to go back and shoot my shot, you know? So he goes back and says, this is going to sound crazy. I just think we have a great connection. Get off the train with me. He does this little, I hate the little fishing motion that, that really annoyed me in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I know it's an audio podcast. Even after she says yes, yeah. he does it yeah, again. Let's yeah. do this. So yeah. He yeah. says, let's, you know, let's come with me. Let's go. And she oh, does. actually I, yeah. I love I love the uh like the exact I I don't know the exact exact phrasing, but he's basically like if you're married and you're oh, yeah, like that was 40, beautiful. Yeah. If you're married and you're 40 and you're looking back over your life and you're looking back at all the other people that you could have been with. Well, here I am. I'm that guy right now. You can get off the train with me, and he won't have to say "I wonder," and it'll say yeah, like you and your future husband, who you're unsatisfied with, a lot of heartache. Yeah, for, for the record, <laughs> for the record, listener, he completely butchered that, but that was beautiful writing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I did. I did butcher that yeah. because, like Ethan Hawke says it says yeah, it very well. Like, like, like I said, those yeah. they go to, the, the actors of the like, minds go together like peanut butter. Spe- and speaking of to your uh, about time reference earlier, Liz, he's he's like. Um, you're going to be, you know, in your, you're, you're going to be married for 30 years. You're going to be thinking about that time that you met that guy on the train. I'm that guy. You could have got off with me back then. So right now you're time traveling. Yeah. You're going back in time, you're meeting me. You can come, you can get off this train. You can have a her- terrible time. And then you can remember that you're glad you are the place you are with your husband. You made the right decision because you got off the train with the guy and it didn't work out. So you made the right decision. So you're time traveling right now. So I'm butchering it too, but it was just, yeah, it was re- it's just really good writing. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. so it was, you know, it, yeah, it was clever writing. Oh, here we I go. don't like <laughs> the strategy. Yeah, I mean that's a uh, clever like. writing. Don't like the character strategy, um, yeah. because I actually hate that about like I hate that like dreaming that he's referring to. Like, I I think that's actually really dangerous in relationships. Mm. Um, And he's just like, you know, you're going to be doing this and like, let's find out what happens. And then 
But I, I also wanted to bring up, um, if I'm allowed to in this section, I thought it was really interesting if you pair that with what she shares with him about her grandmother in the in the chapel later on. Hmm. Um, yeah. Am I allowed to bring that up, or is that a spoiler? Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna discuss it all. But yeah, so later on in the chapel, she's talking about how her grandma basically lived a life of regret. She was she was that in the future person she was with. The guy she didn't necessarily think was the right guy. She pined over her her own version of the guy on the train from you know forty years ago. So there there is that you know mm-hmm. that mirror aspect to you know I guess that again maybe that's just really good writing. Maybe that played into her decision. He didn't know that, but maybe that played mm-hmm. into her decision. She knew what her grandmother went through, and she was like, "Well, I don't want to be my grandma. Let me get off this train and yeah. see where it leads." You know, so, and then and then also she also she says um, somewhere in there that. She's a person who just thinks about death, like imagines herself as an old lady, like reviewing her life in her head. So him coming up and saying this was like the perfect thing to get her to go with him. Because like, this is something that she does on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, and watching the movie, she, she was the, I don't want to say aggressor, but she she was the, the more bolder person throughout the whole like their little relationship, she, you know, um, you know, skipping forward a little bit there, uh, whenever they had their um, first kiss or whatever, he was real shy and bashful. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's really pretty, you know, and there's the sunset and we're at the top of the thing. And, and, you know, and, you know, she's like, are you saying you want to kiss me? Yeah. <laughs> so like, so there, there are, there were a few moments like that where she was kind of the, Hey, you know, she was a little bit more, bolder and more confident in herself. So it's like, I think that does maybe read into her character a little bit more that she was willing to get off the the train in the first place. But yeah, just in a 2021 mindset, I would, you know, I have a daughter now. It's like, no, do not, do do not not ever, ever ever do that. (laughs) Please don't get off with a stranger in a strange city in a language that you don't really know how to speak. Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, but I do think that, yeah, she has she has a hold on herself. Like she has a, a very deep seated control. She's very much in control of herself. She kind of like she has a really good idea of who she is mm-hmm. and where she stands. Um, where like and you know like you were just mentioning, she she thinks of herself as an old lady um, looking over her life. And he what does he say? He says he's he, a thirteen year old. He's boy. a thirteen year old boy who like. <laughs> He's like, is this okay that I'm doing this? Because I don't feel old enough to be like living this adult life. And I really think that that is like, really sums up the entirety of their conversation because throughout the their entire conversation, she's like, I read a book once about this. I watched a documentary once. Do you know about this? Because I know everything about it. Have you been to this graveyard? Because I was just thinking about how like this, this girl died when she was 13 and now I'm older than she is. Like she's a really deep thinker. She's always thinking about things and she knows who she is. Um, and um, it's really in very starkly contrasted with him. And that's yeah. actually something that I did not. I don't think I saw that as much the first time I saw it as I, I did uh, rewatching it. Um, just like how different the, the two of them are. Yeah. I, I think, you know, 10 years ago, whenever, when I first watched it, he's like, oh, he's, he's cool. He's got the leather jacket and he's got the, you know, he's meeting the French girl. He's saying all the right things and he's, he's mm-hmm. a little shy and blah, 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 blah. But as a 33 year old, I was like, oh, he's a, he's a child. <laughs> <laughs> he 
very much is. He's he's very you know scared and you know he's he's talking about oh I, I don't like me and like there's there's so much about like he doesn't he has no idea what he's doing and he's he has no money making bad decisions and it's like oh he's oh no. <laughs> You know, but at, at the same, like that, exactly. I think spo- this the spoiler section on this is going to be really weird because it's not. Well, we it's about, we have it's, spoiled yeah. things that so yeah. far, yeah. It's, we're, it's, we're spoiling the movie. It's <laughs> the the movie is watching the movie, not knowing what happens in the movie. So you know, I'm just I'm going to drop the bumper right here. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Who cares? <laughs> We're now officially in spoiler section. We can talk about whatever. So I, you know, I, t- I tried to, you know, I was like, well, let's not talk about the end. But it's like, there's so much. It's like, there is no, you're not giving away much. You know, it's just, yeah. the movie is watching what happens and watching the interaction and the conversation. So whatever. We're in spoilers now. So yeah. But um, I don't know. Watching it a little bit older now, I think she is a... She's more, I don't know, hurt or defensive mm-hmm. or, you know, I, d- I didn't see that when I was younger. And, you know, mm-hmm. I see it as an older person. And he, on the say, on the flip side, just more, not naive, but inexperienced and just, um, I don't, I want to say shy, but like in a negative way. <laughs> I don't I don't know the yeah. right word I'm looking for, but he's just, he's not, he's not the confident, hip, you know, leather jacket guy I thought of when I, I watched it the first time. He's just... He's bumbling his way through. He didn't yeah. didn't have the confidence to make the moves, and he, you know, she's kind of, you know, she's being the um, more confident person throughout all these little interactions, yeah. and so it's like it's that is, you know, kind of that's why I like rewatching, you know, movies, mm-hmm. you know, years later because you get that different perspective. It's like, oh, he's not, yeah, yeah he's he's very yeah, negative, yeah. very cynical. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, okay, I, I I go back and forth on this because like. I think they're both like, uh, well, he points out that like, she is like constantly making comments up, like kind of negative comments towards, towards men at, you know, I think he has something there. I think that's right. Uh, I, I don't, I think he's being a little childish when he says that right there, but like, um, I think she's kind of bitter. Like she has the old woman kind of bitterness on the world. Uh, she mentions before that like her parents had kind of wanted to like knock the dreaminess out of her. Right. And give her mm-hmm. like, I always push her towards a practical career. Um, so it seems like uh, she, in, in fact, some, in some ways, I think the reason why she goes for Jesse is because he is the, the whimsical child. He's uh, he is, he does have like some parts of cynicism about him. Uh, but I think she calls it out very clearly and it's not, true cynicism it's just the fact that he's not the center of attention um i don't think that's true uh i well of the of the two of them though he's the one who seems to like he the way he's talking about um what's it called when you die and come back reincarnation reincarnation right when he's talking about reincarnation and he talks about like seeing his grandma like through the mist like there's something like he talks about things that are a little more like out there a little more magical um, than what than what she's talking about. She talks about death as in like a more practical way. Um, what's, I, what's I, your what's your viewpoint, Liz? How do you you're yeah. saying you don't see it that way? How do you see him? I well, I do see him as very cynical. Um, in um, like for instance, the poem where mm-hmm. the you know yes. the, there's the 
I don't know what you call him, just a homeless guy by the river. And he's like, you know, give me a word and I'll write you a poem. And he writes them a pretty beautiful poem. Yeah. I, I really liked it. And yeah. then, and she loves it. She absolutely loves it. And then he goes, oh, come on. He probably has the same poem for every person. It's yeah. not tailored towards us. Um, and I feel like that's one example of his cynicism that's formed by his parents' failed marriage. His parents' failed marriage has completely, it, it's like a filter through which he sees all other relationships. And he doesn't, in my, from what I saw in the movie, he doesn't really seem to think that, at least that they're, that they exist, um, like many good relationships exist. Okay. I think he might concede that they can, but I don't think he believes that it, it happens very often. I do agree with that last part, but uh, to go back to the cynicism thing, he, he does have it. But I, I also picked up on some like some other things this time. When he first meets her, the one of the first things he says is, "I am. Uh, I can call out any any bullshit uh, since I was since I've been a kid." And then later he mentions that when he was a kid, he he caught his parents um, arguing about how he he had been a mistake. And from that point on, he realized that like life hadn't been what, what he thought it was. Um, and notice the one, the two times that he gets really cynical are the, the palm reader and the, and the poet. So I think what it is, is this guy had been lied to. He, he had assumed he had been told by his parents how special he was and then realized he's not really special because he's just an accident to them. Um, and then anytime somebody tells him he's special, I think he reverts back to that cynicism. Like, no, of course that can't be true. Well, he, yeah. well, he said in the movie was basically that he, when he heard that he was an accident at first, he, it kind of was really negative on him and he, yeah. you know, he took it hard, but then it, he wore more, more or less as a badge of honor. Like anything I do is my own now, you know, I, I'm responsible for my life because I'm not supposed to be here. So I make right. my own path, you know? So um, just kind of going back to that that poem, I do think it's like it's kind of like a, a microcosm for how you see relationships. Because I, I too thought that when I walked, you know, when they walked away, I was like, "Oh man, that that was a beautiful poem." And yeah. you know, wrote that. It's like, "Oh, that, I want to walk across that guy." You know, I want I want to see that guy's movie because he's an he's an excellent poet and blah blah blah. And then Jesse's cynicism, like he probably wrote, you know, he probably just has a po pre written poem and he kind of subs out words here and there to fit the per people. And part of me. Um, you know, it, it, it snapped off a small piece of my heart. It's like, yeah, you, maybe you're right, but at the same yeah. time, I was like, you know what? Who cares? You know, um, it was beautiful. It it fit the moment. Like that that poem was perfect for the two people listening to it at the time, and maybe it was something he he had heard before. He had in his back pocket that he pulls out to fit, but we we needed that poem at this time, and that poem was beautiful. So it was worth the change we gave to him and it was a really nice poem. So I think that that really kind of, you know, how you feel about that poem really kind of sheds how you feel about relationships. And mm -hmm. if you are the cynical and, you know, um, th there's no magic in the world type of person, you may view it through that lens, but yeah. So I think, you know, we're talking negative and chipping away at it, but I, I do think the, that they're imperfect people, but I think the writing is perfect for them. You know, yeah. I think this movie, it really is the the magic, the capital M magic of what this situation can be. You know, the mm -hmm. you know, everybody, 
you know, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people have that what if, you know, that what if relationship or whatever. I think this movie is the the uh, like quintessential that that boiling down into what the perfect what if could be. And, you know, I'm not it's not a spoiler to say that they end up getting back together because there are two more movies with them in it. But mm-hmm. I think that it, it, it is that I think this is that Disney match. This is the perfectly written story of the what if night. You know, again, I think it works because they have to go their separate ways. And But I do think just the story of these two different types of people and how they get to know each other over the course night and the people they run into. I think this is a perfect um, embodiment of that type of story. Hmm. Yeah. And Liz very much disagrees. Go ahead. I, I feel, I feel <laughs> like that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do agree with you. Um, I was just kind of thinking about how my view of their relationship has evolved over time, because I think that the first time I saw this movie, I really loved their relationship. And I thought that um, like that sort of chemistry is in a way what everyone dreams of. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, I do think that it's possible to have really good chemistry and a really bad relationship. Mm. Uh, in other words, you can click with somebody personality-wise and be super incompatible with them, like at your core. And I almost think that that's what is going on here. Um, I think you can have, like, I think they have really good chemistry and it's really, really neat. Um, but then I think that as they talk more and more, you kind of get at like these deep held beliefs and this like very, very different ways of viewing the world and interacting with the world. And then if you just kind of like you're seeing it in one night, but if you spread that out and you play it out over decades and all the things that life holds for you, if you do stick with somebody, I just think that like it's kind of a recipe for disaster. And so it's hard for me not to see that now, like a decade later, having been married for six and a half years. Um, it's really hard for me to ignore that part of it now. Yeah, I think, again, not talking about the other two movies. But, they, <laughs> but you have to. It's really think, hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the this is that Disney magic for me because it's that that what if night and that perfect, you know, chemistry night and not seeing each other again. And then maybe you do get back together. So there's that, that aspect of this movie, but the other two movies in their own way, very much address what you're talking about, where it's not just, you know, happily ever after we actually do get back together and we're perfect for each other, blah, blah, blah. But it really gets into what that means and Mm -hmm. to different people, you know, we'll talk about that later, but I just want to say yeah. if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the other two and you're in that negative space because you don't want to watch this knowing that they do end up getting together and life isn't like that and blah, 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 it's addressed. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. I, I've got a question for you guys now that we're talking about sequels and we're talking about sequels vaguely. I don't think we're going to go into really particular yeah. parts because we got two other episodes about that. But Watching the sequels, does that change your guys' idea about the characters in this movie? Um, do they seem different to you when taken as a whole? As opposed to like when you first saw just this movie? Yeah, definitely. It's yeah, because yeah, you just see pure potential when you just see the movie on its own. But when you see it 
when you see it in the context of how it plays out over uh, like what is it a couple decades yeah like, each, um, each movie's 10 years yeah mm-hmm. yeah how it plays out over a couple decades you see that this is just the beginning and you see the themes that do not disappear um and i, I just feel like it, it holds true for anybody's relationship right like yeah the dating like the dating phase of a relationship uh holds much more meaning when you see it in the context of a long-term relationship rather than just dating on its own. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I've been out of high school 15 years now. So it's like, it makes you see that person in high school, you know, and you see them 10 years later and you can, you can see how they became the person that they are now, Mm -hmm. you know? So when you're watching before sunrise before you're just watching a movie, you know, it's just a, a beautiful you know, love story or whatever. But in the context of the other two movies, it really shapes how you look back at it. It's like, oh, okay, so I'm watching the story of how that person became who they became. You know, I'm watching, I can see how that person used to be this person and how they view the world really, you know, so again, not getting into it, but I think it, it honestly, for me, if this movie existed in a vacuum, I, I think it's a, it's a good love story but it would feel empty because i was like i yeah part of that is you know there is a bit of that magic in not knowing what happens you know um i was just talking about a movie last week where it's like it it was a standalone netflix film and it's like part of me wants to know the sequel and what happens after this but at the same time the sequel can be terrible you know it can it can ruin how i felt about the first movie so I am glad that it exists on its own, but there's a piece of me that, you know, this is all I get. You know, like I, when I read books, I prefer books that have four or five books in a series because I hate reading a book and falling in love with the characters and that's all you get. <laughs> but at the yeah. same time, you know, you can get a, a great first book and then you watch read that second book and it's like, oh, well, now I, you know, <laughs> I don't like the first book as much anymore. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, so yeah. there, 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 there always is that, you know, that that threat but just like back to what you were saying there i do think knowing that the other two movies exist first and foremost and having watched them it does shape how i view these and look at Mm -hmm. these and look at the characters and i just you know again part of that is age you know i'm you know these movies came out 20 years ago so it's like there there is that aspect for them it's all kind of rolled into it but yeah yeah definitely actually why, rewatching it, you see things you didn't see initially, and you kind of look at them through a different lens. Yeah, but. like if uh, if I hadn't seen the other two movies, I don't. One, I like I I think you're right. Like on this movie, on the on the surface of this movie, I think Jesse does seem very cynical. But I all right. Now I take this with a huge grain of salt because I didn't watch the other two movies on purpose because I didn't want it to mess with my perception of of this movie. Um, But I don't remember him being as cynical in the next two. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it, that's why it seems like not so much as a character trait, but something weird that's going on right then. And also like he has a breakup, right? That's another reason why he's acting really cynical. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Very recently. Um, Let me just, let me, I'm gonna take two seconds from that. mm -hmm. But as a 33 year old, I can see how um, dangerous it is meeting that guy at that age and thinking, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, he's just a sweetie and he's so in touch. No, no, no. He just got his heart broke. 
That's a terrible. You don't want to meet him right now because he's going to say good <laughs> things and get back to his normal self in a few few months. So you, you don't yeah. want to meet that guy right now because he's sensitive and he just got his heart broke. So he's more he, he's he's fluctuating emotionally right now. Yeah, so it's like the you, rewatching it and and you know kind of because I forgot that part. I haven't seen this movie in years, so you you get back to it and. You see that he just got broken up. He literally just broke up with his girlfriend uh, two weeks before. Yeah. He had, you know, he's he's broke. He doesn't have a lot of money, so he saved up a right. bunch of money, flew to an unknown country with a language he doesn't speak to see his girlfriend. And they broke up, so he's in a bad place emotionally. So, yeah, like I said, again, meeting him at this point, you're not even meeting really the true him. A because yeah. you're in an entirely different country, you barely you know speak the same language, and he's he's in emotional turmoil. So yeah, again, so yeah, so I did. I mean, to interrupt what you were saying, but yeah, I forgot to, you know, I want to drop two seconds sure. into to, to mention that. that yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. But also like, I, I think this might be too, it's definitely to his benefit, right? Like, yeah. I don't think he would have asked to go have uh lunch with her, or lunch with Celine in the, in the train car. If he hadn't just broken up. And also I don't think he would be talking nearly as seriously talking about all of his weird thoughts that he's been having on the train. Um, which are genuinely kind of interesting. Um, and also, I don't think he asks her to go off the train. So, like, every good, every, I think the best parts that we see of Jesse actually come from him, uh, the, the breakup, except for the cynicism part. Hmm. Um, which yeah. I, I think is also kind of interesting. Like, maybe, like, I think he's, I don't know. It's, I've never, yeah, I guess you hear sometimes, like, you know, turmoil can bring out the best of some people. And, I think it's accentuating some some good character traits and like and it's, it's cynicism as you're pointing out. Yeah, I know I'm I know I'm in a gush fest at this point, but <laughs> there 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 is so many reasons this movie is kind of a perfect what if ism. Oh yeah. Because had had he met her on the train heading to his girlfriend, this never would happen. You know, so mm-hmm. there you know part of you in your mind as you get older thinks about all the people that could have potentially been your soulmate, especially if you're single when you're 30 plus, you're thinking about, you know, maybe there was that guy I should have gave a second chance or, you know, maybe there was that girl I should have, you know, maybe I broke up with her for selfish reasons. I should give her another shot. I mean, there's so many things like that. If he had met her in a different situation, a different, you know, literally weeks apart, same person, same train, but two weeks earlier, they would have just nodded and kind of went their separate way. So there's so much about being at the perfect place, the perfect time. Yeah. That's true. So I, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this, this, the, the writing I, I thought was really beautiful, man. There, there's so many, there are little quotables. I can't even remember that just, I'll re- I may have to rewatch it again. I was like, I, I told myself I should write this down. So I remember that, but yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it because it's a, it's a beautiful movie. So mm-hmm. any last thoughts before we wrap up the review section? Any other things you want to say about this movie? Oh, la- last thing. Last thing. I-, I just realized I never fully answered this. But if if I have the sequels in mind, then I have so much sympathy. Or not sympathy, like empathy. I, like, I understand Jesse so much more. Uh, mm-hmm. And I begin to not like Celine. And again, it's not because of how she's presented in this movie. It's because I have memories of the next two. Mm-hmm. And you start, and I start to see some seeds, the the seeds of bitterness uh, that I see sown here, and then I feel get very strong. <laughs> I don't remember the sequels well enough to comment on that. One one scene I will point out, and hopefully you guys bring it up, is they're in a church, and Jesse's being a little like 
I don't know. There's something of a lot of parts in this movie. They talk about uh, like, she seems to have a lot of respect for things that are like magical or sacred. Um, whether it's the palm readers or the, or the graveyard or a church. Um, she always seems to have like some, it looks like she's moving with respect for their surroundings and Jesse is not. And then in the third one, there's a particular scene. Like I haven't seen the third one in eight years, but there's one thing scene. I just, I cannot shake out of my mind that, makes me realize just how much she had changed from that this movie to that one and seeing the seeds here. Mm. All right. Maybe, maybe. Mm. I'm interested to see if you rewatch it, if you still feel the same or if that's colored, you know, by the fact she haven't mm-hmm. seen it in a while and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. See, I, I don't even know. Uh, I think what, what's so great about these movies is like watching this at different stages in life and having a different view on every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And then as on the series as a whole. So I look forward to after this podcast going back and rewatching before sunset and before midnight. Mm-hmm. Do you, any final thoughts, Liz? I don't think so. I feel like I kind of said my piece. Um, mm-hmm. I think I just, I do like Jesse was just saying, I love, I think what makes a movie really good is if you do, if you, if it's possible to come away from it, with a lot of varying viewpoints. Yeah. I yeah. think that shows how multifaceted and how multifaceted it is, how um, in depth the dialogue gets. Um, and uh, I just have a lot of respect for the script writers and the actors uh, and just the movie as a whole because of that. Indeed. Um, and me, um, I did want to bring up this little quote I just remembered. It, it was, there's so much, I, I guess, uh, now that you've said it, I can't stop thinking about, uh, Liz, just how how dangerous this might be to a young, <laughs> impressionable <laughs> mind, you know, because there, there was, rewatching it, there was a scene, I, you know, even rewatching it myself, I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. But, you know, again, if you're a 16-year-old girl, you might, you know, get all the wrong lessons from it. But he was, um, basically, they were lying in the grass, and he was saying how much, basically, he doesn't like himself, you know, and, oh, girls love me, do that. <laughs> you know, so he, he goes, I don't, you know, I just, just being with me is so hard, and, you know, I don't want to be around myself, and you might blah, blah, blah. But when I'm with you, it feels like I'm not myself anymore, something like that. It was just, you could, like... I know she's, she's an actress, but just like you saw the way her eyes just, oh, he did it. You know, you, you said you, you you unlocked the magic key. You know, her eyes just go, oh, you said the right word. <laughs> you know? yeah. so I just, I didn't want to let that go without mentioning that. Cause you know, yeah. there, there are multiple moments like this where the, the writing is just so, you know, it's just beautiful. It's just, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I understand yeah. I'm watching actors pretend to be characters being written by writers, but there are little moments like that where you just, you're lost. You're just watching, yeah. you know, magic. Yeah. So yeah, I, I very much like this movie. Um, like I said, again, uh, I very much, like I said, it's like there, there are some things that are less than some of the whole. So like individually, and maybe all these movies are eight, but all together, they're all tens or whatever, you know, but yeah, like I said, individually, I really thought this was great and I loved it even more as part of a series. So if you're listening to this, I definitely recommend you keep listening. But before we get to our send-off, um, we've got a very important question to ask. Is uh, this a dad movie? That's right. Podfathers, not your father's movies question of the day. Is this a dad movie? Jesse? Yeah, you know, um, 
Do you want to explain to us what a dad movie is? <laughs> if only I could. All right. So, uh, all right. You're so have to listen to sixty hours worth of podcast <laughs> to really get the question. To get the I know. Sense of it. Right. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways to view to view a dad movie. Part of that is like I, I think the way Sir is described is like a dad just like falling asleep in his chair uh, watching a yeah. you know just. Yeah. Again, yeah. butchering it. <laughs> you can't. You, I, I can see your face. Listeners at home. Like, she was like, "What?" what? <laughs> so, You're right. my, my my description of what a dad movie is is the movie that you come into the living room or you come downstairs or whatever, and your dad's asleep on the couch with that movie playing. You know, something <laughs> yeah. he played for himself, and that's right. Asleep, and it's just a, the type of movie your dad watches for his own enjoyment and just falls asleep watching. That's, that's right. That's my idea of what a dad yeah. movie is. But yeah. So uh, a movie for dad's own enjoyment, a movie that uh, dad is really excited to show show the kids. Or, uh, you know, I got a bunch of movies that I just associate exclusively with my dad. You know, it's... Uh, whether or not I like them is not even part of the question is that they just belong to him. Um, and like, for me, like, I, I really like this movie. Like, I, I think this is a great movie, uh, but I'm not sure if I want my kid, like, so part of it is, do I want my kids to associate this movie really heavily with me? And I, I just, I don't think I, I do. Like, so one of the weird things about movies that like offer so many different, like, facets of uh of the human experience of people those are great movies to watch but if uh like if i'm like what if they misinterpret the movie and like they watch this like years down the line they're gonna be like dad likes this movie (laughs) like that's that's bizarre like i can't believe dad likes you know um and what if they get get something totally different than I was getting out of it? So the, I think that's part of it for me. Why I I don't think why I don't want them to associate with me, and also part of the reason why I don't really want to watch it with them. Um, I I will of course talk about it with them anyway. That's besides the point. But uh, also like, uh, am I just gonna? Wa- I don't watch this movie over and over and over again for my own enjoyment. I watch this movie every few years. I think. Again, it's a great movie. It's not. It's not like one of my go-to standbys. Um, if if I'm in the mood for movie watching, so yeah, I I've I was really excited to do this podcast uh, as a collaboration with Sir, partially because I wanted to talk about these movies on the pod, but I had no idea uh, how I could justify this as a dad movie to myself <laughs> and so i gotta say no it's not a dad movie but i am super happy to be here talking about it and it's still a great movie <laughs> liz what about you is this a dad movie am i allowed to answer that yeah absolutely not a dad. sure no, okay. yeah again it's, it's well, your you, interpretation of what mm-hmm. a dad movie is you know i think this movie asks too many questions and gives too few answers to be a dad movie to give you the weird interpretation idea that i was yeah it's just like there's i don't think it's actually trying to say okay maybe i shouldn't say this i don't know what this movie like if you could say like this is what i gained from this movie i learned this important thing from watching this movie Mm -hmm. um and i feel like that that has to somehow be in the definition of a dad movie. It's like, I gained something from this. I got an answer to a question. Although I still don't have a good grasp of what a dad movie is at all. But <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it to me. <laughs> so Yeah. 
So two no's from you, and I will be the sole yes. Uh. Yeah, and just I, I hate that because there are so many episodes I listen to of you guys, and I that is not a dad. I say hard no on is this a dad move, and you guys always say yes. So I look forward to being on a, in an episode where you guys say yes, and I get to say no. Uh, the only episode I have been on is one where we talked about uh, the big, big sleep. sleep. Well, you all said no, and again, I'm the guy that says yes. But you well, know, so. no, no, it was th- it was three three oh, yeses yeah. to one no. Three, we, yeah, we, yeah. we passed that as a dad movie. Uh, uh, I I talk you guys into giving me the, the other the other yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you had to talk to me. I I eventually came on and said and said that, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there are two more two more uh, hosts from Not Your Father's Movies with uh, two very different opinions about this series. Uh, I think I have an idea of what Vito is going to say. I have no idea what Mike's going to say about any of this, but uh, yeah, I think yeah. I don't I don't I don't I have no idea how Before Midnight could be a no on that movie. I think. But anyway, so um, yeah, so for me, I, I say yes because pretty much the opposite of what Liz said. All the reasons she says no, I say yes <laughs> because I think this is the. As a dad, there are there are lessons I want to teach my kids, and you know sometimes that is in the form of conversations. Sometimes it's in the form of showing them the father I can be, and sometimes it's watching movies. And I feel like. Maybe not just this movie on its own, yes, but just this as part of the series. So I guess I'm cheating a little when I say yes, because on its own, I don't know. But as as part of the series, since, since all these three episodes are coming together, I'm cheating. So I'm going to say as part of the series, yes, I think these three movies I want my kids to watch. So as my interpretation of dad movie, again, they, they might come downstairs and see me watching these and definitely... These these are kind of slower movies, so I may I may fall asleep watching them. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely, I am gonna uh, definitely I'm gonna give a yes to a dad movie on this one. All right, all right. That is our review of Before Sunrise. Uh, before we get to uh, our just, send off, oh go ahead, man. I, I don't know. Just to, like cap this off, man. This was crazy. Like I don't think I've ever like had this sort of conversation with like three just like wild views that yeah. seem to deviate very deeply in some areas mm-hmm. and then like totally rhyme in a bunch of others. I don't think I've ever had that experience with that, um, with the movie before. And this movie lends itself to that so beautifully. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. I think we all kind of, we saw the same movie, but there are different <laughs> lessons that we each pulled from it. And even when both of you dislike something, you liked it, disliked it for very different reasons. And, you know, we, we all kind of, you know, it's just, I really like that there is that, especially with a movie like this, you're seeing a lot of yourself. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, self-reflection into watching it. So I don't know. Yeah, there is. I love how this is a conversation yeah. type movie, you know, so yeah. mm-hmm. pretty much enjoyed it. But yeah, uh, yeah. before we get to our send off, uh, you can obviously find this podcast wherever you found it. The uh, link tree for Not Your Father's Movies will be in uh, the notes for this, but obviously you can find Not Your Father's Movies on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Uh, mm-hmm. Individually, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at MyMoviefixPod and on Instagram at MyMoviefixPod. Uh, where can people find you guys? Uh, NYF Movies uh, are at NYF Movies. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, you can go ahead and shout us out and like how much you know you disagree with us. Our uh, Instagram at Not Your Father's Movies. Um, 
Yeah, Mike runs that Instagram. He always posts a lot of really fun questions. I, I recommend you check that out sometime. And then you can follow our Facebook page at Not Your Father's Movies. Lastly, our email, notyourfathersmovies at gmail.com. If you disagree with anything that I've said on this podcast, feel free to shoot any of us an email, tweet, comment. Uh, we'd love to hear from y'all. Listen, are you going to that? Oh. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a movie account at all. So. No, just like I said, if you want people to follow you and your takes or if whatever. If you want to just... follow me, I am at Lissy.more on Instagram. Um, and I'm on Twitter at that handle too, but don't post on Twitter much. So <laughs> come see cute pictures of my kids and musings about life sometimes. Indeed. All right. And if you're listening to this, uh, follow, like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave five-star reviews, anything less than five stars, just, you know, watch, listen to another episode and then leave five <laughs> yeah. stars, you know, so yeah. Keep if listening a, until it's five stars. That, yeah. That's what I'm going to say. If you have a friend that doesn't like movie podcasts, lie to them, say it's about history or whatever their interests are, keep spreading <laughs> the word. All right, and our final section is our send-offs, our, our goodie bag, our uh, parting gift, something we've seen uh, through the week or just something completely non-movie related that brought us a little bit of joy that we want to pass along to you we think you might enjoy as well. So, Jesse, do you have a parting gift for the folks? So, uh, I recently got a haircut. My haircut was all, was all crazy. You know, I just went to, uh, to Supercuts. Supercuts is not known for having you know, good haircuts, uh, for not doing much. I think they normally do like 15 minutes during your app. Uh, but I happened to get there just at the end of the of a dude shift. His name is Edgar. Um, if he ever opens his own barbershop, it'll be called Edgar Scissorhands. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, this dude is awesome, man. He just he was the only one there, and I was the last person in. So he just like took his time with me. I like I showed him what I wanted. And he got excited. He's just used to doing a little bit of trimming, but no, I needed like most of my hair to come off. Um, and like he faded it real nice. Uh, he like he spent a good long time, like you know, an hour fifteen on my hair. I've never even had that happen before. I don't do much with myself, but uh, yeah. If you if y'all want a good cheap haircut, I recommend you go to Supercuts. This particular <laughs> at the last half hour, and they will spend more time on you, and hopefully you get somebody who's really into art like he was, and because he was talking about like sculpting my hair, I'm like, cool man, that sounds great. Uh, and yeah, he did a great job, phenomenal job, Edgar. Uh, <laughs> Thank so you, Edgar. You guys can't see, but we're we're videoing, so I can see he's got the fans. The first thing I noticed was, oh, he's got the fade. I didn't want to bring it up. So I <laughs> I co-signed. I co-signed Edgar's Supercuts. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Liz, got a part to give? Uh, yeah. Today I spent around 30 minutes. I was waiting for something and I had to wait in a beautiful courtyard. And I spent 30 minutes watching the sunlight doppling through the leaves of the trees. And it was a really good reminder of how beautiful, like, really simple things are. Um, and I just watched, like, the tree branches sway in the wind and just, like, all the different shades of green in the sun. And it got me thinking about how wonderful it is to be human and how, like, almost everybody in the entire world thinks that the same thing like that is beautiful. And it's just kind of part of the human experience. And I just got to sit there and just pause. And just think about beauty and 
just be in that moment. Um, so that was a really nice part of my week. Yeah, indeed. I want to go lay down in front of a tree right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> that's idea. It. Yeah, a friend of mine I went to high school with her Facebook friends last time. She just went to, um, I think it was Yosemite, and it's like I just, I just, you know, she's been posting like beautiful nature pictures all week, and it just made me think about how people just. You just don't get that, you know. I mean, I'm sure you can, you know, step out your window and see the occasional nice sunset, but you just don't get to appreciate nature. So people get on mm-hmm. planes, trains, and automobiles and fly just to see a big park and just to see a beautiful scenic view every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, very much recommend that. Um, me, um, it's actually an album. Um, Goodbye and Good Riddance, Juice World. Um, I a huge Juice World fan for some reason. I just I don't know, like. <laughs> Basically, um, uh, our, his music is like um, I don't know. I don't know how young you children are, but I, during my era was the um, I don't know Blink One Eighty Two, Some Forty One, oh, yeah. like that's like that pop rock or whatever. You know, that's Juice World is kind of like that for people of this era. You know, uh, unfortunately he did pass away, so rest in peace, Juice World. But it's like it is that kind of angsty you know it's it's rap but it's like a little more you know rocky rap and it's like you know it's just it's that era it's it's the some 41s for a new generation that likes rap you know so it's huh. very it was very interesting hearing them and like i said his album it, it was for younger people you know kids half my age were listening to it you know but i really liked it and it was one of my most played i think the um the Spotify end of year wrap up, whatever. And he was his, uh, his album was, I think my second most played album that year. And I posted and I got a little, you know, bashed by, you know, people my age. Why are you listening to Juice World? Cause I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I just, I love that, you know, emotional yeah. rap or whatever. It's just a little poppy yeah. beats or whatever. And, and I just, you know, I went on a YouTube a rabbit hole and he was like a really, really good freestyler. He could just rap freestyle for days and just That's talk amazing. about anything and yeah. You know, so yeah so yeah just wa- rewatching this it just made me you know nostalgic for you know emotional type stuff so i just mm-hmm. i listen yeah. to his album and i still love it so yeah uh, goodbye and good riches juice world if you haven't listened to it because it's not your bag i recommend just give it a shot you know um i really really enjoyed it but yeah so that's my send off check it out um and that is it for this episode Part one of the three-part crossover episode is wrapped up. All Thank right. you very much for listening. Again, I am Sir of the My Movie Fix Pod. I'm Jesse from Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And thank you guys for listening.